straight talker in the New Testament, and uh, it, it's a real leveller as we read this book. And uh, I'm sure reading that passage, we can all recall times where we've said stuff that immediately afterwards we've regretted. It's just kind of slipped out in some way. James says, uh, says the following. He says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. I wonder, do any of us know anyone who is truly perfect? Do, anyone, do any of us know someone who does not slip up in what they say? It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> Apart from Jesus. <laughs> now raise your hand. Do you know, I think that image actually there of uh, some runners in a relay race and uh, stumbling over actually is a good picture of what often happens in our Christian lives. At times we, we muck up, especially in regards to, to what we say. Jesus says some quite challenging words. He says, throughout the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do you know, so often what we say is an indication of what's really going on inside of us, of our internal world. Now, as Christians, many of us, we're very good at mastering a certain dialect, which is called Christianese. And uh, we, we, know how to, we, we know how to speak that amongst other people who speak Christianese. We know how to drop in the amens or the hallelujahs or the praise the lords. And, uh, you know, and when it's insincere... It's Christianese, but also as well at times we still notice, despite our fluency in Christianese, that uh, careless words slip out, that gossip slips out, or maybe we even slander, speak badly about others, wanting perhaps to put others down to make us feel better perhaps about ourselves at times as well. Or we might lash out, I'm sure we all do it, Sometimes, just in the heat of the moment, say something that we didn't even mean, perhaps. What we say is a real indicator of what's inside. And often it can reveal, and actually there's stuff in our lives, in our hearts, that we, we still need to bring before the Lord for healing. James writes this, Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters. This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt, salt springs produce fresh water. Do you know, if we are a clear spring, there will be no salt water in us. If we are an olive tree, we will not produce figs. If we are fully Christ-like, then will careless words or malicious words about others escape from our mouths? I don't think so. If you want to know where you're at in your own journey of wholeness and uh, becoming more like Jesus, we're all called to be like Jesus, then we need to pay careful attention to the things we say, particularly about others, perhaps when they're not around. It's a sobering reality and I realise, you know what, I fall so short at times. And I think we all, we all do if we're honest. None of us are perfect in that way. 
Do you know, the tongue is such a uh, small member of the body, as James says, but yet it can have such an impact. It can have such influence in our lives, in the lives of others. Do you know, gossip within a church can do so much damage, not just in a church, in any community or family, actually, friendship group. Gossip can really destroy. It's like that spark that James talks about that sets a whole forest ablaze. Do you know, if you notice you do that, try and rein in your tongue. What might seem like harmless, harmless fun can really do a great deal of damage. We've got to keep a check on what we say and how we say it and who we say it to. You know, the Bible is clear. Actually, if we're grieved by someone or offended by someone, we need to address that individual one-on-one in an appropriate way. It's less damaging than telling a group behind their back that we don't like them. Do you know, when we're offended by someone or hurt in some way, it's important to remember as well that we don't always know what's going on in that person's life. Now, just imagine, Sai now is on his iPad whilst I'm talking. And um, making notes. But let's say I don't know that. Let's say I don't speak to Sai. And I think he must think this talk is a load of rubbish. Or he cannot learn anything from it. And rather than speak to Sai, afterwards I speak to Julie and say, Do you know what, Julie? I don't think Sai values any of us on the staff team. He doesn't think he can learn anything from any of us. Do you know, it's, that's probably not that helpful. And I can go away with that impression. But actually, by speaking to Sai, Sai, why, why, why were you on your iPad during my talk? And Sai so would say, do you know, Jim, I didn't want to lose a single gem of what you said. <laughs> Completely different changes everything, doesn't it? Do you know, we don't always realise what's going on. Or Sai could be responding to a pastoral crisis at this moment. You never know. Still my sermon. Okay. (laughs) But it's so much less damaging to speak to that person. Probably not best to have that conversation publicly in quite this way. But nevertheless, that's what Jesus said. Another thing, you've probably all heard this phrase, haven't you? Uh, Speaking the truth in love. It's biblical. It's from uh, Ephesians. But I think sometimes we can do that in a very unhelpful way. As Christians, because I, when we're speaking the truth in love, it means we need to say it in a loving way. Sometimes we use it as a pretext to kind of have a go at someone. Let's take Sam Hepburn, for instance, back there in his blue and his check shirt. And uh, do you know, one thing that Sam doesn't pick up on is actually how short he is. Um, <laughs> And, do you know, I, I personally really struggle with it, having conversations with him. I often get stiff necks. Um, and as well, because he's so low down, he often doesn't hear what I say to him. And I have to repeat myself. And that really annoys me. And I have a ch- choice, don't I, in terms of how I bridge that with him, how, how I uh, bring that up with him. And I could always say, do you know what, Sam? I'm going to tell you the truth in love. You're too short. You're literally a pain in the neck. And uh, why don't you just get some stilts or something? I love you, my Christian brother. Do you know, I don't think that is the truth in love. And I think when we use that statement, actually, we need to think about how we do it. Jesus uh, gave us the golden rule, didn't he? Uh, Do unto others what you would like them to do to you. 
And uh, do you know, that applies to so many areas of our lives. And I think it's so true about actually how we talk with people, how we resolve conflicts. How do you want to be spoken to? How do you want people to speak behind you when you're not, well, speak about you when you're not present? Do I think that's a challenge? How do we speak about others? How do we want to be spoken to? Do we speak the truth in a loving way? Do you know, we also need to be aware as well, as well of the, uh, the power of words on people's lives. Our tongue has power to do good and it has power to wreak unimaginable harm in people's lives as well. Our words have real power over ourselves and over others. Careless or malicious words can be really damaging, especially when they're said to us at a young age, or even later in life as well. They can still be detrimental to us, leaving much pain. Those, there are words. Some words just roll off our back, but there are words that just seem to be empowered at times over us, and they stay with us throughout our lives at times. There's a saying, isn't there? Sticks and stones will break my, bo- break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's rubbish. It really is, because words can bind people. Words can go so deep and wound people. In fact, negative words can be like a limitation over our lives. In a way, they're a kind of curse that places a barrier over someone. Perhaps it could be you're stupid. You'll never amount to anything. It could be, you'll never get married. You'll never find someone who loves you, who's able to accept you for what you are. So many words can stay with us. Even silly things that people say to us in a joking way can go deep. Do you know, there have been times in my life where I've I've actually felt like words that people have said about me have been like a barrier over me, like a tangible barrier. I could just sense it there limitations that people have placed on me. And it's only really been through the power of prayer that that's been broken. So often we can believe those words consciously or even subconsciously. We may not even know that we've really taken that on board. Do you know, they can at times negative words can be demonically enforced. Satan can wreak havoc in our lives as we believe a lie can be much like the opposite of a prophetic word that comes and brings that sense of blessing, that sense of God's presence. Sometimes it can just be like a restricting, a barrier if someone speaks something over us. Do you know, we need to be really careful that we don't bind people with our words, that we're not careless. And for this reason, James stresses the importance of taming our tongues. The good news is, that Jesus breaks every curse. Jesus himself on the cross became a curse for us. says in the Old Testament, anyone who is hanged on a tree is accursed by God. But Jesus takes the curse. And for us as Christians, we can be free of words that people have spoken over to us, words that have bound us. We need to repent of having believed a lie. Because if something doesn't line up with what God says about us, it's not the truth. God's word 
is truth. Whose opinion is more weighty than the living God? If someone says, you'll never amount to anything, but God says, I know, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. Whose words are more important? We need to agree with what the Lord says about us. We need to renounce that lie, reject what someone has spoken over us, asking God to break its power. God's word counters curses in our lives. His truth exposes them for the lies they are. Believe what God says about you. Do you know, I imagine many of us can perhaps recall statements that people have said about us, negative words that have wounded us. Maybe something such as, perhaps you believe, I'm an accident. My parents didn't want me. What does God say about you? He says, before you were even in your mother's womb, I knew you and I set you apart. You might say, no one loves me. God's word says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with kindness. You might say, I won't amount to anything. Yet again, God knows the plans he has for us. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. You might say, I can't get through this. I don't have what it takes. This is too much for me. Ephesians says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength within. I feel, you might say about yourself, I had it said over you, I feel so guilty and ashamed of what I've done or what's happened to me. God's word says that, that he washes us whiter than snow. And it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Do you know, God's word is medicine. That's why we need to meditate on it. That's why we need to let it go down. Because actually, it, 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 it exposes the lies we believe for what they are. It brings healing. Negative words that have been spoken over us don't have to define us. Actually, God's word, what God has done in Jesus, that will define us if we allow it to, if we choose to believe it. Do you know, it's also as well, it's important to forgive those who've wounded us as well. We need to, to recognise actually that often, often when people speak stuff over us, it can sometimes be a place from, their, from a place of their own woundedness or insecurity. We need to recognise that people fall short and we get it wrong. No one's perfect. If someone's not at fault in what they say, they're a perfect person. Apart from Jesus, they don't exist. We won't be perfect this side of heaven. And we all have off days, don't we? And we need to recognize as well that actually we get it wrong. You know, that we need to show grace to other people because actually we need grace ourselves. Do you know, if we're not a forgiven community, we're not going to be a community for very long, in all honesty. No one's perfect in what they say. So let's be careful with how we use our words. And actually, let's remember as well that our words can be incredibly powerful in building people up. Our words can be used for good. 
something the, the Apostle Paul says about himself is that he has authority to build people up. And I, I think a lot of that actually is through encouraging people, through his words, through what he writes, through what he says. So let's seek to be people who build each other up. Let's seek to be people who use our words to bless others. Proverbs says this, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bone. Think about it. Pleasant words that you use could be healing to the, to the inner parts of someone's being, that God could use them so powerfully. We can use words to bring life to people, to bring hope, to bring healing in those deep inner places. Do you know, we all need love, don't we? We all need affirmation. We all thrive on it. Particularly guys, we really thrive on affirmation. And I think a challenge for us, actually, as a church, are we a church that gives encouragement? Are we a church that gives affirmation? Are we good at doing that? Are we good at blessing people with our words, calling out the potential we see in them? It could be Liam... I really appreciate it when you bring prophetic words. Such a blessing. Keep going in that. It could be Sam. I see so much leadership potential in you, despite your height. (laughs) And I can see the Lord really using you in future. It could be Josiane. I love your zeal for the Lord. Keep lighting fires. Do you get the picture? Words can do so much for people. We have the ability to call out that potential we can speak in accordance with God's word over people's lives we can speak prophetically God chooses to use all of us to encourage, strengthen people from those kind of uh, senses we get from him, from those words and pictures those can be life changing do you know I can honestly say that I am where I am today because people have spoke words of affirmation over my lives know both prophetically but also as well just recognizing some potential even in the mess that was a teenage Jimmy Rocks and has probably haunted me into my 20s and beyond Um, but yeah it has changed the course of my life do you know our words as well can be used to tell broken bodies to speak healing to them most of the prayers of healing in the bible are simply commanding the body to do what it should do Isn't that amazing that God entrusts that kind of power and authority to us? Jesus tells us that we can tell mountains to be uprooted and go into the heart of the sea. In the Bibles, mountains represent obstacles. And God gives us the authority to command them to be gone. Whatever obstacle, whatever is in the way of the heart of the community project or whatever's happening in your life with your studies, actually Jesus gives us authority to speak to that mountain, to that obstacle, and for that to be removed from our path, that we may have a straight path. Do you know, as we speak things in accordance with God's will, and we believe that, and then we exercise that, often we will see God do amazing things. That's an authority that God entrusts to all of us. That's an authority that we can all grow in. So what are the take-home lessons from tonight's sermon? Listen closely to your words because they will indicate the state of your heart. 
And if you notice that there are careless words that come out often, perhaps, perhaps, just perhaps, you need to seek healing for those errors in your life. You need to come before the Lord. And here's a safe place where you can do that. You're amongst Christian brothers and sisters, and there's no condemnation, because we all muck up, because we all get it wrong, and we all need healing, and we should be a healing community. Also as well, our words have tremendous power. Let's not use them lightly. Let's think about how we use them. And let's not allow the enemy to use them. And if too, if you can identify with negative words spoken over you, if you feel that limitations have been placed upon you, that's not the end. It's not what God says about you. And you know the truth, it will set you free. We'd love to minister to you. This is a a, a community, a place where we will minister to each other God's healing and freedom. Don't be defined by what people have said over you, particularly if that's not in line with what God says over you. God has plans to prosper and not to harm. He's invested a lot in you. He loves you. Let's resolve to build people up with our words. Amen. Let me pray for us.